You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Tuesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. I'm excited to be bringing you today's episode. I got on a call and talked to Michael Sleep Dalton, last year's punter for the Iowa Hawkeyes, and we talked a lot about you know coming from Australia and adapting to the game here. We talked about Tory Taylor. We talked about the special teams in general for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Did a fantastic job talking through a lot of things that I feel like we haven't talked about so far in the last couple weeks as we've seen Tory Taylor be dominant, as we've seen Terry Roberts be dominant, um, as we've seen even our long cyber be dominant. Uh, Michael Sleep Dalton did a fantastic job of covering those points and those principles, and that's what we're going to be breaking down on today's show, our conversation with Michael Sleep Dalton. It was about 30 minutes long, so stay tuned for that. So with that being said, if you love the show, please make sure to subscribe, give us that five-star review, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But with all that out of the way, let's hop into that conversation with Michael Sleep Dalton right now. All right, I am joined here by former Iowa Hawkeye punter Michael Sleep Dalton. Michael, how you doing today, man? Doing well, thanks, Matt. Well, dude, I'm, I'm happy to have you on the show. We've talked before, had you on um, prior to uh, the NFL draft time. This past year was crazy with COVID. Um, I know you're yeah. still training, though. Uh, sounds like you're looking to make a uh, make an attempt to get to the NFL um, in a more normal time this upcoming offseason, correct? Yeah, that's the plan. That's a goal. And it sounds like Iowa's going to let you come back for the pro day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as as long as everything goes planned and there's no more, I don't know, craziness in the works from COVID. But yeah, that's that's the plan. That's a goal. That's what that's what I'm working to. So yeah, I love man. How are you staying in shape right now? You're down in Florida. What are you doing though? I mean, are you kind of out there every day trying to kick the ball? Do you have people returning for you? What uh, what's the plan right now? Well, I'm actually I'm actually working. Um, I'm a superintendent for a uh, construction company, so I'm also I'm working. And then um, we've got a I've got a really good gym set up here in the house uh, in the garage. Uh, I've got a kicking net, so I so I've been I swing the leg through quite a bit. Um, but I actually just just took some time off just to you know rest rest up my leg and the body. And um, I went for a kick yesterday, and yeah, just just like riding a bike. Yeah. I love it, man. So you feeling good and feeling healthy? Yeah, I feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the hardest thing about, you know, about what, you know, my position is, um, you know, you can, it can, the, the career path can sort of go as long as it can, depending on how well you look after your body. So that's sort of been like, you know, my biggest, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's sort of something that I've had really focus on is making sure that my body's, you know, in good shape and, um, you know, just not to get hurt. Good body management. Um, so not kicking as much. And there's, you know, especially when you, there's so much downtime. Um, yep. Yeah. So. Makes sense. I mean, you could, if, in theory, I feel like people think, oh, if you do more of something, it's going to be better results. But uh, more often than not, the more something you do, the more you're kind of opening yourself up for injury or uh, something that's going to actually set you back quite a bit. Yeah, I learned that the hard way at ASU. Um, you know, I kicked a lot because I'd never, you know, I'd never played American football. Always played Aussie football, so we kicked the ball a lot. But it's it's uh, it's a different um, type of kicking where punting, it's pretty much kicking the ball as hard as you can as high as you can every rep. Um, 
So the more reps you do, it really takes a toll on your body, on your leg. Um, and a lot of people don't really understand that. Like, like my last year at Iowa, um, it was a real focus on less reps and monitoring how many reps I take. And Coach Woods and I sometimes would just sit on the sideline and watch the other punter just hit ball after ball after ball after ball. And then you wonder why they have a bad game because it's, you know, they've gotten rid of all their good reps in the practice, in the, in the warm up. Yeah. So it's all about management and, you know, looking after yourself. And yeah. something also told, told, told Tory, you know, I actually got, spoke, been speaking to him quite a bit. And leading up to his first game, I was like, you know, just make sure you don't hit too many balls pre-practice. And, you know, Coach, Coach, Coach Woods looks after looks after everyone. So, you know, he's he's a he's a real man of the game and um, does so much research and looks into – because he knows nothing about punting and kicking. So, like, <laughs> the, amount, the amount of research that man does is, is actually, you know, it's really impressive that, you know, he can, he can analyse – like, in, well, when we used to um, – yeah, you know, practice. He'd he'd go through with him and I'd go through my my film after practice, and he'd ask me some really you know basic questions, and I'm just like, what's he talking about? But then it, you break it down, and you're like, okay, because he knows nothing about. Well, he didn't really know anything about much about kicking or punting. That he asks questions that you kind of don't think about, and yeah, he, it's he's he his his research. You know, make try he, he tries to make himself as aware of everything as possible so he can, you know, be the best coach he can. Yeah, it's which, pretty crazy. Best, which makes him the best coach. Yeah, I mean, I not a lot of teams have a dedicated special teams coach. And then you think about a lot of these coaches and their background typically isn't going to be special teams, right? You don't – LeVar wasn't to make his name being on special teams per se. He wasn't a punter. He wasn't a kicker. So um, he does have to develop those skills and learn how to – you know, build a, a fantastic special teams. Last year, Iowa had one of the best special teams units in the nation. Uh, All-American Keith Duncan, they had you at punter. Uh, they had Amir Smith-Marset returning kicks. Um, that's fantastic. Uh, this year, somehow, the return – I mean, we managed to keep a special teams unit just as good. And Charlie, we, jo- Charlie Jones is a freaking beast, man. He is – he's phenomenal to watch. I knew this, like – he would um, – because I lived with him. He was my housemate. And um, the, the, he's, 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 a, he's a great person to, like, watch and, like, be around because he's so professional. Um, he, he, w- he would work out more than anyone in the building. Like, when he especially was going through his rehab, um, you know, <laughs> he, had a, he had his shoulder and him and I played ping pong, so we'd work out his shoulder and get it better. <laughs> uh, but like he like even when he wasn't allowed to do any sort of physical activity he was catching punts one-handed with his opposite hand like he would just catch punts and just work on it and work on it and work on it every time i went and punted he'd catch punts when i was training for pro day you know it didn't happen but he'd catch my punts like he was doing everything and then yeah it's good to see him you know excelling and i mean i knew, I knew he was gonna be special you can just tell by the way he works and um his dedication to his body and his treatment and <clears throat> he's he's a great fellow and I hope they put him on scholarship. Yeah. I mean 
I feel like he's uh, he's definitely earned a scholarship at this point with his, if nothing else, with his punt return play. Um, we have Matt Vandenberg on the show every Monday, and he's talked a lot about the difficulty of being a punt returner. And then you see a guy like Charlie Jones comes out, and he has done just phenomenal. Um, and also, he's very ballsy, too. I mean, there's a couple times where he's not fair catching a ball. I'm like, dude, you are about to get lit up. But the wherewithal to catch it and make a move within half a second and get out of the, you know, get out of a pencil tackle has been really, really impressive. So I, I didn't even realize you had that connection with Charlie, which is awesome to hear. So it seems like you kind of, yeah. you saw this coming almost for Charlie. I knew this was coming. I, I was, I was hoping he was going to get cleared to play last year, but he never did. Um, but yeah, like he, he's just, he's, he's just got it. Like when, you know, when people have a gift, and they're just really good at it. And I mean, you know, not comparing him to Saquon Barkley, but you know, someone is so good at something and you can't yep. stop. I mean, it's going to be a thing where punters are going to attempt to punt the ball away. I mean, they tried to do that on the weekend after he had that, you know, 32 yard punt return. Then they tried kicking it out of bounds and they were kicking the ball 30 yards. Like it's, it's pointless. I mean, if you're a good punter, you can hit, you know, if you hit a 4 7 45 yard ball, you, you, your gunners are going to get down there in time where he's not going to be able to do anything. But they can't do that. So. Yeah, it's uh, Nebraska special teams was they, they had a very interesting dynamic on their special teams because they clearly were scared of literally everyone in Iowa. They're yeah. like, oh, you know what? We're just never going to give the ball to Amir Smith Marsep. We're going to give you the ball to 35 so he doesn't burn us. Oh, wait, Charlie Jones can also return. We're going to kick the ball, like you said, 30 yards out of bounds and give you fantastic field position just so he doesn't burn us. And then on the other side, we have Tory Taylor, who is doing a phenomenal job in his sixth game of ever playing football. So I want to quickly backtrack because we've talked a lot about special teams because obviously that's where you're kind of your head's at. And that's obviously what uh, I, I care about right now while we're talking about this. But is it just me or does Iowa care a lot more about special teams? Iowa fans, not just the, the program, but Iowa fans care a lot more about special teams and than any other NCAA program you've kind of heard of or been around. And I'm, I'm obviously speaking more about ASU, but is it just me or does Iowa fans really care about special teams? All right, I need to quickly pause the conversation because I do have a very important message for you. If you're anything like me, you're constantly on the go. You're constantly moving around, whether it's work, whether it's working out, whether it's hanging out with your family. You always got something going on. It's just nonstop hustle, and it's even amplified more with the holiday season upon us. Sometimes you just need to take a second, turn everything off, hit reset, and chill. And that's what I need to do a lot of the time. And when I need to chill, I reach for an ice-cold Coors Light because Coors Light is the only beer out there that is literally made to chill. Coors Light is cold-lagered, cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's literally made to chill, and it's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. And believe me, I would know. I live just a few moments from the Coors Brewing Factory in Golden, Colorado. I understand when the mountains are blue, Coors Light is ready to be drank. Coors Light, though, is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And as always, folks, remember to celebrate responsibly out there. This message is brought to you by Coors Light, a part of the Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. 
All right, before we hop back into our conversation with Michael talking about um, all things special teams, you know, it, it wouldn't be Iowa football without talking about special teams, one of our bread and butters, and one of the things that Iowa fans are known for enjoying more than a lot of other fans. But before we get into it, just a reminder that tomorrow we do have the Metrics That Matter segment heading into the game versus Illinois. A lot of interesting things I noticed when analyzing some of the advanced analytics heading into that game. We also have Western Illinois taking on the Iowa basketball team. We also have women's basketball versus Drake. We're breaking all of that down on tomorrow's show. Now let's drop into that conversation with Michael Sleep Dalton again right now. Yeah, I mean, I would say I would say Iowa in general really you know, <laughs> focuses, focuses on special teams. But I mean, you know, like you need to you need to focus on all aspects of a game because special teams can win or lose you a game. Like you have you have a bad punting day, like you, you can give them really good field position. You miss four field goals, like you know that's that's what that's twelve points on the board. Like that, you take that off. Like you know, you have you have a, a, a punt returner that can get you fifteen yards. Like that's a first down. You have a kickoff returner who can get you forty. You know that puts you in such good position. Where like when I was at ASU, like internally the building, like we kept, we focused a lot on special teams. Probably probably too much. Um, that's because Coach Slocum. I mean, he spent nine years at, at Green Bay Packers as the as the um, as special teams coach there, um, and like we had a really good special teams unit. We had, but the thing is, is like we did pro style, so you know it didn't it didn't always work because it's you know the the guys have to block first and then get in coverage, and like we didn't use any any Aussie rule stuff. Like we didn't roll out, we didn't do any of that, and. It, it kind of hurt us because, like, I was hitting really good balls, but we were still getting return yards because no one's down there. Yep. So, you know, unless you're hitting a 5-3 ball, then they actually can get down there. But, you know, I only did that once or twice. Um, but it's, you know, yeah. I mean, ASU's fan base is they love you and they hate you. It's, I mean, I feel like that's the difference between, you know, the Pac-12 where – you know, a majority of the, the schools are in major cities that are surrounded by a bunch of pro teams. Um, the focus is less on on, on the college. Um, and in Iowa, there's nothing there. So, like, everyone lives and breathes. I, like, the Hawkeyes, you know, no one cares about cycling. <laughs> um, and then, you know, like, when my, like my cousin was playing at Ohio State, like, when I went there and visited him, like, it, that was insane. Like, you know, even just like walking around after, like everybody knew who he was, which is a good and a bad thing because you got to be careful about what you do on your free time. Um, but I think that's the difference between, you know, Pac-12, except for schools like Oregon. Yeah. You know, that's separate. Um, Washington States, they're, they're all by themselves. And Utah. Like those three schools, I mean, even though Utah is in a pretty big area, like they still pack out their stadium. But Oregon was just packed, and they got fifty thousand people, and it sounds like there's one hundred and ten. It's it's crazy. Um, I'd actually never really made that connection of of Pac twelve to Big Ten, and the fact that a lot of the Big Ten schools are all in cities or towns that don't have pro teams in those states, or it's maybe not as important, which also can explain why people take Big Ten football so seriously. And especially Iowa, I mean, you look at Twitter feed, and there's obviously going to be some negative from Iowa fans, but man, do Iowa fans freaking love their punters. And I, I do want to take a quick second to, to say that 
prior to you coming to the program, we, we knew what bad punting was. And that's not a, a, a diss on the people that were there previously. Um, some of the guys there, they, you know, obviously did their, their best job. Right. But uh, we were all very excited. It's, I've never seen again, a program be so excited over a grad transfer punter joining, joining the team. And uh, you were a, a very popular person on Twitter when you came into the Iowa Hawkeye atmosphere. And then now we transitioned from you to Tori Taylor. It's been a fantastic two years for the Iowa yeah. football punting group. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about Tori Taylor's journey over to America. Um, but use, using some of your experiences, when you punted at ASU for the first time, was that your first American football game? No, I played junior college. So oh, that's I played, right. I forgot in San Francisco, right? Yeah, I played a year at JUCO. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that, honestly, that was kind of blur. Um, but, you know, I mean, I was nervous as shit the first, first, my first punt, and that was in front of 15 people. Um, but, I mean, my, I mean, yeah, so, like, my first punt at ASU was the week I tore my quad. So I was punting my first game, a college football game, on my left foot. So, like, I don't know if you can get any more fucking terrifying than that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> like, you know, you train you train your whole life or, like, you know, the last few years, punting your technique and, like, I'd muck around and kick on my left foot because, you know, I can do it and not, you know, get away with it. But then I have to do it in three games. And it was just, you know, you have to be creative. And especially from, like, in a pro format, like, you're giving them the ball in pretty good position. And, yeah, so – um, that was hard for me. Yeah, I can I can only imagine. So it, you're basically saying, I mean, like you were nervous in front of 15 fans. Tori Taylor's, and it, granted, we have COVID, so we're not in as many in front of as many fans. But there are a lot of people watching, and he's yeah. out there punting and doing pretty darn well. You talked about the fact that you have chatted with Tori Taylor. How often are you communicating with him? And um, is it a, is it about punting? Is it about just how to handle uh, being in uh, Iowa? Is I mean, w- what are some of the things you're kind of talking about? If you're willing to kind of divulge into some of that um yeah so like just before him getting to iowa um well i guess when he first got there uh, i had a good old chat to him just sort of a rundown on on um you know just sort of you know basic things he needs to get done just to help him um get you know acclimatized better um because i found that you know i mean i did a lot of things for like that I did for the first time and I'm like, Oh, I kind of wish I did that better. So like, you know, I'm just giving him my advice on how I would do things differently. Utilize, you know, he, he's lucky. He's got four to five years in Iowa. Well, I had one year, I had six months playing football. So like, you know, I didn't get, I didn't get the full experience. I mean, I got the full experience, but like I didn't, I didn't get to, you know, play at Wisconsin and go, okay, next time I play here, this is how I'm going to play the field. Yep. Nebraska, okay, next time I play at Nebraska, this is how I'm going to play the field. Or like at Kinney, it's like, yeah, okay, I kick there a few more times, but like you don't get to know how the winds play, the different different fields have, you know, the way their wind, the wind rolls. Um, he's got that advantage. He's got four, year, four to five years to play in the Big Ten and get used to playing in – snow heavy wind good weather rain like i think he's had pretty good weather so far which he's been lucky because what are we like maybe december and they haven't snowed (laughs) you know i got told i got good weather last year and he's got even better so uh, (laughs) but you know i mean i'm you know i I text him quite a bit um you know see how he's going and you know congratulate him on you know having good games this and that and you know i told him 
I mean, Coach Woods tells him would tell him as well, but you know, just to not not kick the ball so much, and you know, just be careful about that, and just to utilize everything that you have in the facility. Because you, I mean, I, I I don't personally know any other school that or football team that gets looked after the way that Iowa does, from the food to the treatment to the uh, the facilities, the coaching staff. Um, equipment managers like yeah you, you generally get looked after so damn well um and like Tor- so Tori lives in the house I lived in with you know Henry Charlie and Max um so you know he's in a great location can walk to the facilities across the road from you know the learning center and um I think he's in a really good place and he's he's punting well um, I think he's only had a couple of a couple of bad punts, um, and even some of his bad punts have had good rolls. So you know, um, yeah, he's been doing really well. All right, y'all. I need to pause the conversation again because I have another important announcement for you all. If you haven't tried Built Go, you need to do it right now. If you ever feel like you're tired throughout the day or need to break through a mental or physical wall, or maybe you're just not a big fan of the pre-workouts you've tried before your workouts, I highly recommend you check out Built Go, which is made by the folks who developed the Built Bar, which is the world's fastest growing protein bar. It's what I eat almost every single day. Now I'm addicted to Built Go as well. Built Go comes in one and a half ounce packages and is the best work gel on the market or it can just be used as an energy boost it's basically five hour energy without the same crash feeling plus it's all natural so it's better for your body it's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results i mean realistically do you really need all the caffeine in a monster drink grab yourself a built go instead it comes in three delicious flavors peanut butter honey chocolate coconut and my favorite chocolate mint honestly i'm not kidding it's what i use in the morning if i have an early workout before a long day of work i grab myself a built go and it gets me rolling through my workout. Built Go is loaded with the good stuff to ignite my work, such as beta alanine, B3, honey, and as I mentioned, some caffeine. It also keeps me going strong with some B6 and B12, and the collagen in there promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better as well as making you feel better as you go throughout your day. Right now, visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Dot com. Let's go. All right, before we hop back into our last segment of our conversation with Michael Sleep Dalton, he's been a gracious guest multiple times in the show talking about his journey to the Iowa Hawkeyes and also talking about the Iowa Hawkeyes special teams this year. I do want to make sure you realize that there's some really fantastic shows on this network. Every Tuesday at Locked On NFL, Luke Braun and Ross Jackson break down the Monday Night Football action and top fantasy storylines around the NFL with the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Luke and Ross are joined every Tuesday by a Locked On Fantasy expert to help you save your lineup with waiver wire pickups, must starts, and more. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. It's where I go for a lot of my fantasy information, and I would say I'm doing pretty darn well, so highly recommend you check that out. But let's hop back into that final segment of our conversation with Michael Sleep Dalton right now. Especially yeah. for his, especially for his first few games, you know he's got a big leg. Um, there's there's no doubt that there's going to be times throughout the se- whether it's this season, next season, the season after that, that he's going to have he's going to have a fall, and it's it's a, it's about how you how he returns from that. And I'll I'll be there every step of the way with him. Um, and I've told him that if you know if he's, if he's got any any concerns, any issues, just give me a call. I'm always here. Um, yeah. So you know, I mean, we I spoke to him. Uh, not not last game, the game before. I mean, they 
who they play? Um, State. Yeah, Penn State. He had he had a couple of punts that yeah. hit really low line, line drives, and they got returns on it. And I was like, you know, we can't, really can't do that because, especially in the Big Ten, the majority of the punt returners are potential NFL punt returners. Yep. Um, so he's, you know, you got to be careful about that and take your time. And but you now it's his first, it's his first season, so he's, you know, he's going to learn these things. And I'm sure, Coach Woods told him so. You know, he'd be on top of it. I mean, he's he's older as well, so like you know, he's got a got a more mature head on his shoulders, and um, you know, more than you know, I think that's the advantage that us Australians have coming over and playing college is that we're generally older. So like, if we have a shit game, we can bounce back because like, all right, that's fine. But eighteen year old kids, you know, they see the shit on social media and they're like, oh my god, like everyone hates me. What happens if I have another bad game? Which you know, um, unfortunately, that's the you know, it's a world we live in that everybody is trigger happy behind a screen, but yeah. they're not going to tell you that and that to your face. It's like when Spencer, you know, okay, he had two two not amazing games, but we only lost by like one and three. But we're now four and zero oh and second in 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 the in the conference. So it's like okay, where the haters now? Yeah. It's tough. Um, I will say, I mean, even myself, right. I try to, I try to be as positive as I possibly can, but when you're in the middle of watching a game, you can get frustrated by what you're seeing and just, it's so easy to tweet something out. That's why literally if I'm like getting, if I find myself getting pissed off, I just take off. I just get off Twitter. I'm like, you know what? Anything I'm going to say is, is it's not going to be worthwhile. I could talk about it on the podcast after I've actually watched the tape yeah. again. And uh, you make a really good point about Spencer. I mean, um, I talked about with Matt on the show after the Nebraska game. On the surface, his game didn't look that great. He missed some really makeable throws. Fine. But then you look at it, and there was five wide receiver drops as well. There's a lot of other things that went into it, and that's why I've been actually trying to teach myself to, if I'm not happy about something, either learn how to phrase it in an appropriate way or get the hell off of Twitter because yeah. – Otherwise, like I, I'll, the only person I'm hurting is is myself. I look like a dick when I do it, and it's not appropriate. I, I do care a lot about the program, and that's where all the, the the tweets are coming from. But it's it's about making sure you're doing it doing right by the players and right by the program. So, I completely Spence, agree. Spence is still a kid. Like even though yeah. he's all been in the system long, this is still his first year of college football. Doesn't matter that he's played a few, you know junk reps in games where we were blowing teams out last year, like having, have, having to have a complete game and a complete season, like of course you're going to make mistakes, you know, but he's doing pretty well. You know, yeah. yes, he's overthrown balls, but as you mentioned, we've had a lot of drop catches and, you know, we've also had some great catches being made, you know, like Sean Bly's catch the other day. Like, that was absurd. On. I mean, and like we joke about that at football, like he would, you know, sometimes he would drop an easy catch, but then he would just take and like he would just create something out of nothing. And it's just like, God damn. <laughs> yeah, that, that catch really put uh put Sean Byer on the map for people who aren't familiar with Iowa's tight end program or Iowa in general. Um, one last question I have for you about about Tory though is um is he doing is there anything special he's doing when he's putting some of the spin on the ball? And then I guess part two question so it sounds like nothing really, just he's just punting it pretty well. And then I have a second part that I actually just forgot about. Well, I guess I guess there's um, you know a couple. He's, he's hit a couple of bananas where you like. Have you seen Johnny Hecker punt sometimes? How he how he hits the ball, you know, sh- uh, football, really. um, you know, balls flat like that, and he'll hit he'll hit the, the the left side of the ball 
So it spins like that, does like a, you know, like a banana flips around. Yep. And then, and then you know, nine times out of 10, that ball is going to roll forward. He hit one of those on the weekend. Um, so that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it works well when he gets good bounce. And, you know, when the punt returner leaves it, because, you know, they get scared of it. Like I used to do that at practice last year. We only did it once in a game against Michigan and it just got, it bounced right over Devontae's head, which is unfortunate because the one kick, like not nine times out of 10 in practice, it worked perfect. And then in that game, it bounced and for some reason just hit squat, uh, like in flush on the ball and bounced over his head into the end zone. I was like, oh, <laughs> wouldn't read about it. Uh, I mean, you couldn't have really kicked it much better and then you have had that result. So that is fun to see. And then as far as punt returners, they seemingly can't catch the initial punt from Tory Taylor at all this year. I mean, outside of Penn state, almost every punt returner who's tried making that first catch has struggled or dropped the ball. Um, wh- why is that? Is there anything special to that? Is just not understanding, not having caught a punt versus Tory Taylor yet. What is that? So, I mean, I haven't, I haven't really seen his ball flight, um, but I can kind of tell by the way he drops the ball that. So like when you do a kickoff, right. It'll, it'll have that, you know, easy rotation, easy for guys to catch. Um, when the way he drops it, sometimes he drops it at kind of an angle. And the way he hits it, it'll it'll go in depending on the wind as well. But it'll hit in the air and then it'll just – it'll because of the, the spin of the ball, it'll change directions. And, um, and especially if it's sort of going, um, you know, like at a 45-degree angle, um, it'll – it'll change how the ball's shape. Like I hit, like when I, I did it a few times and, you know, it comes off quite well, like against Iowa state last year. Oh, that, that was beautiful. Was, that was the ball that he screwed up. Um, and it's cause it was coming that way. And then it changed this way and it moves that way. So, you know, it's a credit to Tori to be able to do that. Um, and yeah, they can't return. It's, it's hard. It's impressive. And the other, the last question I have for you, I know I've taken up a lot more time than I, I anticipated. So I apologize. Apologize that Michael Blow is appreciate your time. Uh, Tory Taylor. And we obviously have Terry Roberts as the gunner who's been getting a lot of attention last year. He had Devonte young. Um, what is that connection like with a gunner? Is there a connection? Because you do have to be in sync. Tor- you know, Terry needs to know kind of what Tory is anticipating on doing. And then obviously Terry needs to get down there and do his job. But is there any sort of connection with that? Was there a connection with you and Devonte, or am I thinking way too much into this, but it just seems like, uh, oddly enough, they're very in sync. Terry's always around the ball um, wherever Tori's kicking to that. Well, Terry's fast as hell. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that really helps. Because, like, I mean, he – it was, yeah, mainly Devontae last year. But Terry was, Terry was really good last year as well. Um, I think he's really perfected his craft more this year, and he's the main guy, which is great to see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it – to, to a degree, it's a, it's a connection, and I'm sure their connection will grow as you know the more games they play. Um, and it's real; it really shows off when you're doing the inside, inside, uh, you know, sort of inside the twenty punts. Um, and we practice that a lot uh, at practice. Uh, but I mean, he's just so fast that he gets down there, and he just he's now, he's learned he's learned more on how to you know, corral the returner to get in the best position because he did a really good job last year, except his technique wasn't, wasn't as good and kind of lost, lost, lost the way. And we had a couple of returns, uh, but he was down there in their face. So like now he knows that like attack, like if, if they, if they haven't caught a fair catch, tackle their ass, he's done that. So like he's, yep. 
he's perfected his craft more, which is which which makes the you know the coverage so much better, and which helps a you know a less than good punt because if the if the punt is a perfect, which it's not going to be perfect, you know a, you know it. it Every every couple of kicks, you're not going to hear the ball that you want, and it's always good having a gunner down there to save your ass. Because that happened to me a couple of times last year. I didn't hit the best ball, but my guns were down there and saved my ass. So, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, it's a team thing, and I, I feel like only in Big Ten country can we talk about special teams for a half hour and have an absolute blast doing it, man. Uh, Michael, we also got to you also got to mention Spearwack. He's been snapping the ball really well. Give How- that man some credit too. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't, you know, typically folks in the long snapper a ton. Um, ironically enough, despite the fact that I actually do know the last like 10 long snappers for Iowa. Um, but that, what, what, what is that like? I guess is, is there a specific position that you would typically want to catch the ball in? Is it different for each punter? Um, what is that like from that connection? Yeah, well, I guess if you're hitting a spiral and you're not like rolling out and you sort of want it for me personally on my right hip so I can catch it and not have to move. Um, but if you're rolling out, you know, sort of putting the ball a yard to your right so you can catch it and roll with it. And then the same if you're going left. And Spiewak has done a great job because, like, he was, you know, he was still working out things last year. And, um, and you know, he'd snap a lot of balls on the money. But then, you know, he'd do a couple wayward balls. But he's really honed it in this year and, and sorted his stuff out. He's doing a really good job. Yeah, I interviewed Casey Creeder a couple about two years ago, three years ago, and I just didn't realize um, how much actually went into long snapping and how how specifically they need to get the ball to a certain point, right? Like you look at it, you're like, oh, that looks like a good snap. And Casey was saying, yeah, I mean, to the outside person, all these snaps look good, but only two of them out of the the last 20 were actually good snaps. I just didn't realize how um, intense and how very specific you want that ball to be on point, which is a very interesting thing that you brought up. You know what else is interesting is like, um, I didn't know this about Iowa before I got there, is that they don't put, they don't, they don't like scholarship their specialists. Well, they kick out, punt out, long snap, but like you got to walk on and earn the job. And I think that's kind of like a deterrent in a sense because, like, unless you're from Iowa or your parents went to Iowa or something, like you're not, you're generally not going to want to walk on, um, even though the school is so good and it's, you know, you earn, you'll earn a scholarship if you're good enough, um, which is why sometimes, you know, you're not going to get the best kickers, punters, or snappers, but. I mean, and some other positions, but which is, you know, it's also a credit to Iowa that they develop players so well. I mean, I mean, Keith, you know, he's on scholarship now. Same with Shudak, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Uh, you know, they're great kickers and they would have got scholarships to, you know, a lot of other schools. Um, and look, I mean, Keith Keith should have won the Buddy Lou Groza last year. Um, I feel bad for Rodrigo Blankenship, but every time I hear his name, I'm just pissed. I hate. I mean, I play Madden. I see him kicking. I'm mad. I see him kicking an actual game. I'm mad. I, I there's probably nothing wrong with him as an individual or person. He's probably a great guy, but I will forever hate him. I just can't. I just can't help it. Uh, I remember. I remember something funny. Um, I was with uh, Keith and I in the hotel room, and he was just. It was just about before before he was about to head off to the um, the awards. And he's like, yeah, he unfollowed me on Twitter. I was like, what a bastard. Wait, he unfollowed him on Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Keith was a little butthurt about that. And he goes, wow. And then he found out. He goes, yeah, it's because, you you know, I should have won. He won, he won the people's vote. And that's all that matters. 
Yeah, I mean, in Iowa's heart, Keith Duncan was an All-American and a Lou Groza Award winner. I will forever, forever say he's a Lou Groza Award winner, man. Shit, if, if I had it up to them, he'd be a Heisman winner too. Yeah, <laughs> again, Iowa loves their special teams, man. Keith Duncan is always going to be a GOAT. Um, you were also much revered in Iowa community after, again, uh, struggling with some of the punting issues the years before. Having you there was amazing. Now we have Tori Taylor and Terry Roberts having that connection. So the special team's greatness continues. Michael, um, I really appreciate your time and obviously providing some of the insight and expertise into to what we're doing from a special teams unit perspective with Iowa and obviously giving, giving lots of kudos to other people as well that I probably didn't even think about. Like, you know, like Austin, for example, um, any last words though, before we hop off the show for today, man. No, I just appreciate you having me on and you know, I'm always down for a chat whenever you want. Absolutely, man. All right, and that concludes our conversation today, Michael Sleep Dalton. I hope you enjoyed the knowledge he dropped on us about special teams, about working with LeVar Woods, Tory Taylor, and their relationship, what he saw out of Charlie Jones and Terry Roberts, all great stuff he dropped on us. Remember that we are going to be back tomorrow with our daily show. As I said, we're here every single Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Tomorrow, we have the metrics that matter in our breakdown of the Western Illinois versus Iowa game, along with some Kirk Ferentz press conference takeaways. Don't forget to join us there. If you haven't subscribed already, please make sure you do so, so you can actually get your episodes downloaded directly to your smart device, so you don't even need to worry about waking up and downloading it. It just does it for you. And as always, folks, I appreciate you tuning in so, 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 so much. We set a record for November and listenership. Let's continue it going through December. Have a safe and awesome Tuesday, y'all out there. And as always, let's go Hawks.